With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Quick little impromptu podcast here for you on your Thursday afternoon. Jared Stansberry joined today by Cyclone Fanatic senior writer, the grizzled veteran, Rob Gray. What's up, my brother? Not much. How are you doing? We had a full uh, hour plus with Matt Campbell and Brock Purdy this morning. Yeah, that's the that's the subject of the podcast today. I'm just going to kind of give some thoughts on uh, what Coach Campbell had to say, what Brock had to say, and um, you know how things have been looking for the Iowa State football program since the players got back to campus. Uh, I mean, I think the obviously the the dominating obviously football was part of the conversation, but the dominating topic of conversation was uh, was COVID nineteen and and how the season will proceed um, at this point. And I think that it's something that even Coach Campbell kind of admitted it's hard for him to uh, really give an accurate idea just because of all the uncertainty that surrounds everything. Um, But it sounds like Iowa State's done a pretty good job of being able to create their own little bubble or at least as close to a bubble as you can when you've got a group of college kids. Yeah, and uh, as Campbell likes to say so frequently, you control what you can control. So he doesn't think in hypotheticals. He doesn't try to fast forward and say, oh, the Ivy League uh, canceled their fall sports and are thinking about playing football in the spring. Obviously, very different league, FCS uh, level, uh, and a completely different planet. But he doesn't try to think of all these hypotheticals. He's thinking about how can we be the best we can be in this moment and tomorrow. And uh, it sounds like they've done a great job with that, uh, even going back to winter workouts, uh, mostly remotely uh, with uh, new strength coach Dave Andrews. Yeah, and I think that the, I mean, when you consider the fact that there hasn't been another positive test for the virus uh, inside the program, um, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was it's like, okay, well, now we can't blame what's happening in Story County on the football players, uh, which was something that was kind of attempted to to do. But uh, I mean, I just think that there's so much stuff, and Brock Purdy kind of talked about this, just trying to be ready for whatever might come their way. And you're just trying to work hard to, to stay ready. And, you know, I think there's getting to be more and more traction, uh, knowing the big 10 for sure, but I'm sure it'll kind of start to happen everywhere where they could potentially just play a a conference only schedule. And, uh, you know, I think that there probably are some positives in that. Uh, but it also is just like, it feels like we waited a long time to make some decisions like that before, uh, you know, it's just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Hopefully it works. We have four months to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they had to, I mean, if you put a date, you don't, the last thing you want to do is put a bunch of dates out there and then have to say, Oh, well, that's no good. Yeah. I mean, there's perception there's, uh, it, then it looks like you're just arbitrarily treating a global pandemic, the likes of which the world hasn't seen in a century as if it's got to fit your schedule Mm -hmm. versus you fitting the schedule 
of health and safety for everyone involved from players to coaches to, to training staff to fellow students and to, and to fans presumably in the stands uh at least at half capacity is the plan obviously jamie pollard's talked about so yeah i think i think there's what do they say one of the key success success is being prepared and Iowa State is focusing strictly on preparation. And that's smart. I mean, you can't, there's no such thing as being overprepared. So, I mean, the more prepared they are, the better they'll be able to hit the ground running once decisions are made based on the best science, based on the best expertise that is at their disposal. And, uh, you know, again, control what you can control is a, is a good way of approaching it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting just to hear from the football perspective of what – uh, what the program was able to do even in the, the three months that they were kind of away from each other. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure I can say this now, but Chris had reported last week on our premium uh, in the, for the patrons and on the, the premium board that, uh, you know, the team looks as good as they ever have since, uh, since this staff has been here. And it sounds like uh, Coach Dave Andrews the, that you mentioned before, the new strength conditioning coach has really made a, a major impact on the program. Um, and from what it sounds like, from what Matt Campbell was able to make it sound like, uh, that's especially been true for the offensive line, which is a group that he said he's as high on as he's ever been. Uh, and I think that that's probably, I, I, it, on some level, it's surprising uh, because you think about the number of guys that they have had to replace or they have to replace, especially in that top group. But at the same time, it's kind of not surprising because you think about the baseline talent that they've been able to bring in here recently uh, that fits into their plan and fits into uh, exactly what they want to do. Yeah, um, I think, you know, he touched on he touched on the Rob Hudson's, the Joey Ramos is uh, some of the folks who, who've been in the program, as he said, have, have developed into elite talents. I think he doesn't usually just throw that around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have some guys that have been there building depth. Well, those seniors, you know, they, had, they had a nice season last year, but I think the talent levels continue to build, as you touched on. And that's, I think, what excites him in the sense that not only do, do they perhaps look as game re- more game ready than ever, just in terms of how burly they are, but also maybe in how that they're going about their business, uh, whether it be technique, whether it be uh, working alongside one another as one, whether it be even just how they approach the game. So uh, that's a really good thing to hear because I don't think he, he has, he has said repeatedly that that's the group that was always the, the last one to really come along to where they want it to be, you know, as a baseline. So I don't think he's sugarcoating it. I don't think he's, uh, trying to hype them up. So that's, that's, uh, that's a really, yeah, that's, that's a really positive uh, thing to hear. Well, and I think the, the thing that they're finally starting to get, and this is, has been a process. I mean, it's been a four year going into five year deal. Um, I mean, you think back to right when he got here and then late in the Rhodes era where guys had to get experience, they had to learn, they had to start to prepare to be a big 12 lineman while being a big 12 starting offensive lineman, you know? And I mean, you think that's happened to an extent here these last couple of years, but really it was that first year when you had guys like Julian Good Jones and Bryce Meeker who were retro freshmen and uh, you know, people like that, who it's like, you're getting to thrown into the fire and uh, good luck, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll work out for us. And now 
you've got a luxury where the guys who are redshirt freshmen that are going to play, it's someone like Colin Newell, who he mentioned as being the, their most consistent offensive lineman two years ago, or, or someone like Trevor Downing, who was probably their most consistent offensive lineman last year. And both of them obviously were redshirt freshmen in those, uh, in those two seasons. And so now it's like if a redshirt freshman is going to play, then you know that it's probably got to be somebody that's pretty good or they're pretty confident in them being pretty dang good for them to be able to see the field. Uh, and everybody else, you know, if you're not a redshirt freshman who can break through the glass ceiling like that, then you're going to sit behind and you're going to develop. And that's where you see guys like, uh, um, you know, like a Rob Hudson. I think he'll be a redshirt sophomore uh, before he's will have ever even taken a snap. Um Trying to think of of who else. I mean, Joey Ramos. Well, Ramos was Ramos was mostly on special teams. I, th- I think he's a special teams guy last year. Well, he's a redshirt. Fre- he's a redshirt freshman this year, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he played. I think he only played in a couple games, but yeah. Uh, you know, I know that they they really like what he can do. I think they like that Grant Schreiber what he can do, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's like you could still end up with a pretty young <laughs> offensive line, but uh, the talent level that those guys bring to the table is is just considerably different. Yeah, I mean, and practice reps mean something. Uh, and to get all those practice reps against a quality defensive line, really good linebackers, um, yeah, it's not the same as game reps, but just as you said, game readiness. I mean, yes, there were guys, some of whom were ready to be thrown into the fire, but some of whom probably weren't. You just didn't have better guys to put in ahead of them. Shoot, I mean, they, so, even, I mean, they threw Joey Ramos out there in the, uh, in the Texas Tech game at left tackle. You know, like mm. in the middle of the game, somebody, I think Julian Jones got hurt or something like that. And they're like, all right, we're going to Ramos. And that told me that it was like, all right, they feel pretty good about this kid. If they're yep. willing to throw a true freshman out there to guard the blind side for, even if it's just for a couple plays. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, both lines, it's looking to be good. We know the experience on the defensive line and you guys have talked about whether any moves inside but they're just going to keep making each other better. And, and the offensive line just been the slower one to develop. But I think we're seeing the fruits of that development, the fruits of that maturity and the, the patience to, to, to get uh, in, in the sort of position you need to be in. Another position that Coach Campbell mentioned is being really high on was the running back room. Um, and that's for, I mean, obvious reasons of the guy at the top in Brees Hall who has – could turn out to be one of the breakout stars in all of college football, I think, this year and could turn himself into a bit of a household name uh, across the country and across the sport uh, if he can kind of if he can maintain that momentum that he was able to gain in the second half of his his true freshman season. Uh, but it sounds like Jairo Brock has really made some uh, some major strides. And then Kanae Nwongwu is finally back to to full strength. Uh, and back to full health in, after a several years long battle, it seems like, with just about every in- injury that you could possibly have at the running back spot. And then it sounds like Johnny Lang is pretty healthy, too. So, I mean, you've got three guys in that room who have already proven themselves to be uh, possible contributors or have contributed at a high level in Brees' case. And then Johnny and Kane have both contributed in different ways at different times. Um, and then you add a guy in Jirel, who's one of the highest rated recruits in the school, in the program's history. And now it's starting to sound like he could really make a major impact. And that's what I think is going to be kind of interesting from the perspective of Brees. And like, you think about what kind of numbers he could put up this year or something like that. And unless he really made like a massive jump from freshman year to sophomore year, I feel like his numbers could probably stay pretty similar because those other guys will take up some of the time as well. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's a good thing, right? I mean, how right. many yeah, times not a bad thing. Teams, yeah, exactly. How, how many times would be some of those teams that have good rushing attacks? Yeah, there's the, there's, there's the bell cow. And then he's averaging, what, 5.8 yards per carry? And then you got the third guy's averaging 9.2 because mm-hmm. he's not playing in some of the key moments. You have all these guys averaging between like six and nine yards a carry, and you go three, four deep. Um, they seem to have the talent for that. I mean, Johnny had – people forget he had a few nice moments, a few nice games last year, and he's got – He was pretty good in that wiggle. TCU game. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, what, was he, I mean, always effective? Not necessarily, but I mean, again – presumably with a bit more mobile and athletic offensive line, you, you can open up holes in different ways and really uh, accommodate those uh, really um, elusive and mm-hmm. uh, guys uh, and let them wiggle through or have more holes to wiggle through. So um, yeah, it's to hear that about Brock is, is, is great. I think it doesn't the way he talked about Brees Hall remind you of how he talked, uh, talked about bright Brock Purdy in the past. Yeah, he hasn't thrown in the leadership part, but everything else he says about him, how driven he is, how committed he is, the maturity he showed immediately, which allowed him to make an Im- such a big impact over the second half of the season. Plus, I mean, I I think there's a the guy's on a mission, and yeah. like you said, I I think he made some plays and had some games last year, which turned a lot of heads and made a lot of highlight reels, but. Uh, you know, there, there's a real chance, like you said, that, that he could be making a lot more. See, and I think the thing, when you look at that room, early on in the year that at that position, as, as solid as Johnny is, and then we know the game-breaking abilities that Kane has, which have never really been able to be displayed too much offensively just because of the injuries. Uh, but when you, you look at those two guys and it's like, you don't, I don't necessarily think you want either one of those guys to be your feature back. You know, like you don't want them to be the one who's going to get the ball 25 or 30 times in a game. But if they each touch it five to 10, you know, you know that they're going to get something done for you. Uh, But then when you've got a guy like Brees is like how dynamic he is in space, just his pure speed that he has, uh, kind of deceptive speed, and then the strength that he runs with. I mean, he's like an all around full package running back, you know. I mean, I think that even when we think back to what David was, uh, David Montgomery, what he was after his true freshman season, I mean, we all knew David was good, but I don't think that any of us had any idea David was going to be what David was as a junior. But like right now, when I look at Brees Hall, it's like if that guy turns out to be one of the five or 10 best running backs in college football, it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all. Yeah, there's no question. And Campbell even said it today that, quote, maybe one of the most gifted true running backs I've had the opportunity to be around, unquote. And that's saying something. I've coaching David and Kareem Hunt and others um, who have uh, just a lot of of talent. And he talked about him having similar qualities to both of those guys, which means, as you said, total package. You can use him even in short yardage. He's got game-breaking speed when he needs it. He's got the ability to elude people. We saw that in some games last year where some of the spin moves he had and some of the ways he could, he could make people miss just uncanny. I mean, as, as Campbell said, his maturity coupled with the God given ability and the fact that he's planning to take another step um, just, yeah, seems to have him primed for a, for a true breakthrough. And then the uh, last thing that I 
I have written down as being really newsworthy. Greg Ross, the graduate transfer defensive back from North Carolina, uh, not on, not with the team yet. He said, Coach Campbell said that he's dealing with some stuff back home, uh, but they've been in constant contact with him and they still plan on him arriving in Ames at some point to, to join the program. Uh, I would say that if there's any position, I'm just not that concerned about any of those spots on, on the defense to be completely yeah. honest. I mean, with just the sheer number of guys that they have coming back, and even in the secondary, I mean, you've got – you have to fill that one safety spot, but they've brought in so many different dudes at those positions. You know, you bring yeah. back two, three cornerbacks with starting experience with an Anthony Johnson, Tavon Kyle, and uh, <laughs> and Daytron Young, and then you've got two safeties who are – full year, two year starters and Greg Eisworth, who's back to back first team all big twelve player, might be the best defensive player in the league. And then Lawrence White, who came on and was really, really good in that time in in some of those games when uh when Greg was banged up. So, you know, even not yeah. having Ross right now, it probably it hurts a little bit because you want to have his vet, uh, that experience that he'll bring to the table as a guy who started two years in the ACC. But at the same time, if there's any spot that it's like you know, he's not here yet. I think that that's probably one that they could handle being uh, being okay with. Whereas back in the day when they were taking those graduate transfer offensive linemen, if that guy didn't show up until yeah. August, then it's like, okay, well, this is not going to be good. This is not going to end well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's been there, done that, uh, as you said. So, he, I mean, he, he knows what to expect. He probably knows how to hit the ground running. And obviously in a time like this, you know, he, Family is first, and and I'd imagine if he's sorting through some stuff there. First of all, hope everyone's healthy in his family, but uh, just helping out there is is the most important thing. But as you said, again, it, the same the same song at other positions. They've been building that depth. So even you go beyond Iceworth and, and White. I mean, you've got guys who've been on campus for at least a year or two. Um, so uh, yeah, he'll be a big addition, but. Uh, as you said, not uh, absolutely imperative. He's there uh, necessarily uh, at this point, but mm -hmm. uh, just hope to have him. Obviously, once they're able to have a more clear indication of what's uh, what's uh, in store season wise. Is there anything else that jumped out to you that you want to mention? Not a whole lot. Just about a little bit about Brock, because I mean the 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 stuff about him is is just continues to be so glowing and. Coach Campbell said, and I'm going to write about this, he said the thing he loves about him is he knows who he is. He seems to have always known who he is. But Brock said, you know, when he was um, had to quarantine down in the Jacksonville, Florida area with some of his dad's family because it was in March and, 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 and it was important to do that then, he kind of was finding himself in a way. Felt a lot of pressure last year. He was banged up all year, obviously had the ankle, couldn't be as mobile pretty much all year. And uh, he, he felt like the weight of the team was on his shoulders. And now he's so focused on making sure everyone is as ready as they can possibly be along with him. He's progressed as a leader to that point. And it's, it's just really interesting to hear him get introspective like that because we haven't really seen that before. And, and for, for Campbell to say, hey, the strength of his character is that he knows who he is. And for him to then still go back and go, yeah, but I want a deeper sense of who that is and how it can impact others. I think uh, is uh, to use a Campbell favorite is uh, that's very powerful. Yeah, that's one of his favorite. We heard that one a lot today. Uh, yes, which will be part of uh, something that I'm going to be writing for next week. But um, all right, buddy, 
thanks. I'm glad to see that you're staying healthy. I hope the family's staying healthy and everybody's doing well. And uh, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Thanks, man. Same to you. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Peace.